hey, we do care about you. Take your time off, encouraging to take time off, encouraging to like de-stress. Some of the people I work with have like a rule that if you're on PTO, you're not to email that person, you're not to text that person, like you are to leave them alone. (laughs) Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Welcome to this week's episode of While We Were Working. This is episode number 32, your virtual water cooler wisdom presented by Jumpstart HR. This is where you can come to become a better people leader while getting to know the Jumpstart way. My name is Summer, and today we have a very special co-host with us, Maria, from our Jumpstart consulting team. We're very excited for Maria to join this episode. Let us know where you're tuning in by tagging us at Jumpstart HR on social media or for our live streamers, drop your location and your comments in the chat. So without further ado, welcome, Maria. It's such a joy to have you back on the show. I realized uh, when we met uh, with you last time that we didn't take a moment to introduce you properly. So why don't you share a little bit about who you are and what you do here? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, Summer. So for anybody who doesn't know me, I am Maria. Um, I am an HR consultant here for Jumpstart. So I help our small businesses become very successful in terms of growth, making sure they have the right talent and any any and all things of HR support. And uh, so that's what I, what I do here at Jumpstart. Awesome. Well, again, so excited to have you back on the show. You know, it's always great to kind of change it up. And uh, give Joey a break from being co-host. We have a lot of great content to share today with our listeners. And so for those of you that have not joined our podcast in the past, we have a segment that we call While We Were Working. And this is our weekly look at a news article or the current events of what's going on in the people leadership space. And we share this article with you and just kind of go a little bit deeper in our thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, We know that you were busy working and probably didn't catch it. So this is an article that we wanted to call your attention to. So Maria, I'm going to go ahead and toss it on over to you since you chose this week's article. Let us know uh, the name and source of your article, and then let's dive right on in. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Summer. Um, So As you know, with every new generation, they work differently. So this week's article is called Gen Z is Growing Up and Burning Out. Um, This is HR Brews, uh, Kristen Harrisi, if I corrected, if I said her last name correctly. Um, But I chose this article because, you know, there was a lot of discussion um, when millennials were starting to enter the workplace, and now we see Gen Z starting to enter the workplace. Um, by 2023, Gen Z should make up at least 30% of the workforce. If you're not sure who Gen Z is, it is the generation w- that was born starting in 1997. And so 
in this article, Deloitte, Indeed, and Asana have created surveys talking about what Gen Z needs. Um, but in this article, they put all three surveys together and came up with consistent themes. Um, so one of the themes is Gen Z needs hybrid work. They crave connection in the office, but they also really want flexibility and the option to work remotely. Um, the second thing is, and we've seen this with the millennial generation as well, is they want to understand that their work matters and having a bigger purpose um, and that they're doing more than just a job. And the last thing is they are burnt out. This is the generation who's just entering the workforce and they're already experiencing burnout. According to Deloitte survey, 46% of Gen Z staff felt that they were stressed out and anxious all the time. So when we are hiring these people, cultivating them, mentoring them, we want to make sure we are respecting the work-life balance and giving boundaries. So no 7 p.m. text messages or calls, no midnight emails, none of that stuff um, to help lessen that trigger of anxiousness and stress. Wow, there's so much to unpack here. And and uh, we love our friends over at HR Proof. So I'm very excited that you selected this to talk about today because when we discussed burnout on some prior episodes uh, of our pod, it was actually some of the most listeners and the most viewers of those episodes, which told us that um, similar to what this article is mentioning, that it is occurring at um, such a high rate that it's catching a lot of attention. So I'm glad that you chose this so that we could continue to talk about it. And um, wanted to just share a couple of things. First of all, when I hear about uh, Gen Z uh, being the generation that was born starting in 1997, I must admit, like I feel a little old, Maria. Um, that was actually the year that I graduated from high school. And so, you know, I think about it and I'm like, Oh man, am I that different? Um, now I must also say that um, I kind of have uh, a foot in the the millennial camp um, as well. So there is part of this that resonates quite a bit with me, uh, but they're definitely topics that when we're working with our clients, that we're helping them navigate. And so, you know, one of the things that I'd love to talk a little bit more about is like. Well, what is causing the burnout? So I took a look at that Deloitte survey, um, which is absolutely incredible. I feel like we could do another podcast on that, like on its own. Um, but as you mentioned, like just kind of trying to summarize it, the work-life balance is causing a lot of the stress, right? And, you know, when you think about um, what's prompted uh, the shift in that work-life balance. I mean, you know, here we have a lot of workers that ha are like now missing out on some of the social aspects of working in the office, you know, finding friends, potential mates, like I have to kind of cringe there, um, and just the human interactions, right? But top that with the major concerns that have been happening outside of work. You may have heard me talk about the concept in the past about supporting like the whole person, not just the worker, right? We talked a little bit about that when we talked about our previous podcast for uh, performance improvement plans. Right, right. So this is a very common theme that I talk about often because I feel like it it directs us back 
to the answers, right? It's like, well, we may not know necessarily all of the answers, but if we take the perspective of how do we support the whole person, not just the worker, it helps guide our decisions. And in this case, uh, you know, we have our, our teammates that they need support outside of work. And in the past, I think companies were uh, often taking the approach like, well, you know, if it's after the workday, whatever they're dealing with, that's their problem. We're not going to get involved. But that's really shifted significantly. And so this concept of the whole person and supporting them and finding ways um, to support them navigating their everyday life is um, one of the top priorities that I think companies are working through right now. Um, you know, we have high inflation concerns. We've got um, still pandemic concerns. And then, of course, the conflict between countries um, and countless tragedies in the U.S. happening. So when you think about uh, Gen Z growing up and burning out, uh, I think, you know, you've got Gen Z, you've got millennials and uh, just a lot of workers in general who are experiencing this as well. And, you know, what I'd love to also hear, Maria, are maybe just some of your general thoughts on you know, what, what are some things that companies are doing that you're seeing right now specifically to um, help support that whole person, not just the worker, and alleviate some of that burnout? Yeah, really great question. So some of the things I've seen is strong wellness programs, um, not just your day-to-day -day, um, employee assistant programs, but really cultivating an environment where we say, hey, we do care about you. Take your time off, encouraging to take time off, encouraging to like de-stress. Some of the people I work with have like a rule that if you're on PTO, you're not to email that person, you're not to text that person, like you are to leave them alone. What <laughs> um, So they can disconnect. I, I think um, the other part I'm seeing is also managing the workload, um, identifying that they... Um, they do need additional staff to help alleviate some of that. Um, some of the burnout is because their workload's too high. So if they do take time off, it doesn't matter because they come back to a very stressful environment because their workload keeps piling up. So little simple things like that can help. Um, in addition, so one of the things we do here at Jumpstart um, to kind of practice what we preach is we have a wellness channel. So every week we do a wellness challenge, um, whether it's like find your healthiest snack and or, hey, like take five minutes today to meditate, um, whatever is going to feed our employee soul. So we kind of have a really good group here. So we know what our employees like and we just kind of build off of that. And so um, I encourage that for the people I work with. Um, you know, May was was national uh, mental health. Awareness Month, and so there was a lot of kickoff of of wellness challenges there as well across all my clients. So little small things make big impact. I would agree. There's so many different things that companies can do, and that's one of the aspects that I love about uh, the work that we have the privilege of doing every day with small businesses is helping identify what's going to make the greatest impact for them and their team members. One of the items in the article um, that we hadn't touched on yet, but I wanted to just briefly before we move on to our next segment is this factor specifically with Gen Z and millennials about 
um, part of their work satisfaction and helping them, uh, you know, helping them not burn out is helping them see how their work has purpose. And I do think that there's a lot of factors that, you know, all feed into this. You know, when you think about team members that may not be gathering in the office um, and able to really make that connection between the work that they're doing and the result, like that's a huge challenge. And and some of the things that I've seen companies do is uh, a quarterly get together. So even if they have individuals in various parts of the country, they're coming together, they are um creating those social uh, opportunities for folks to engage and build their relationships. But they're also really focusing, Maria, on the work that the company is doing. And then it's the managers who are able to then really drill that down to a smaller purpose that each individual um, can identify. Like my job has this purpose this is how it translates to company success and our company success um, is contributing this to society, right? So being able to make that connection, I think is just really super important. And those, you know, those are the fun things that we get to work on. Yeah, really, really great stuff. It made me think of people, uh, one, one person in particular, but, uh, they they implemented um once once a month gatherings because they're a hundred percent remote. They have people across the country, um, and so even just something like that of like, hey, we are gonna allow some time in this workday for us to get together and hang out, whether it's games or just that happy hour, or whatever your company needs. Those those again, those small things make huge huge impacts. It sure does. And so for those that are listening or following along to the podcast, if you have any thoughts on this topic, we would love to hear from you as well. So please drop them in the comments and we'll make sure that we get back to you. But it's time for us to move on to Consultants Corner. And that's where uh, this is our weekly deep dive into stuff that we're seeing in our community um, that we've been asked to discuss So if you have a question or a scenario that you would like for us to touch on in a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us hello at jumpstart-hr.com and you can put right on in the subject line while we were working and um, let us know your questions. And, you know, we promise to keep names confidential and our insights open. So Maria, what topic do we have for Consultants Corner today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I I don't know if you can see my face, but I'm just like beaming with joy and excitement. So one of the biggest challenges small businesses have is keeping their team accountable. So we're going to talk about accountability. Um, For those who um, haven't seen our other podcast together, um, we spoke about performance improvement plans and how there actually should be plans for success. Um, So today we're going to talk about team accountability and how to put everything together, right? So in small businesses, we recognize people wear many hats um, and there can easily be the blame game of so-and-so didn't do this, or um, I didn't know that was a sign to me. And so I have witnessed conversations 
where senior leadership or any leadership or even employees come to me and say, Maria, what do I do? This person keeps behaving like this or whatever the behavior is. And I always go back to them and say, well, how are you keeping them accountable? Um, Some of these conversations do turn into vent sessions, which is totally fine. But if you want someone's behavior to change, then you can't have that with, you can't have somebody change their behavior without accountability and an impact, whether it's positive or negative consequences, right? So they'll, people and, and some of my clients will, will just come to me and some of our weekly conversations will be like, Maria, I, I, I just don't know what to do with this person. And again, I say, what are you holding them accountable for? Because again, like my biggest message here today is behaviors won't change unless you have conversations around surrounding accountability and expectations. And in some cases, people are let go. Um, so how are some things that you can help keep your team accountable? I have about three steps that you can potentially take. Step one, establish clear, clear commitments and responsibilities. If you don't have a job description, write one. Um, because that can serve as a basis. Creating goals, doing weekly or one-to-one meetings, have, again, consistent conversations. So those clear commitments and responsibilities. Number two, learn from what you've been successful with and what your losses are. I used to work for this immigration law firm. And one of the things we implemented was every other Friday, we called it the master series, where we would dissect a case. Um, Whether we won the case or lost the case, we would choose a, a topic and we would go over what the topic is and then dissect what the presentation was, what the law was, and anything that we could have done better or things that we've done really, really, really well. And so that also cultivated a learning environment that contributes to accountability. And then lastly, this is where I see most of um, our managers and leadership fail is they don't take action. So you have to take action to hold somebody accountable. Whether if someone's exhibiting inappropriate behavior, having not meeting expectations, it is the job of the manager or leadership to then step in and not become a micromanager. That's not what we're saying, but to have that one-to-one, identify what's going on, be empathetic when you are having that one-to-one, because we all know, you know, outside life, it does impact performance, but having that conversation and when there's no conversation or no action being taken, no behavior will change. Summer, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you've covered it so great, Maria, and I love this topic right before the show. Unfortunately, our listeners didn't get to catch it, but we were chit-chatting about uh, just the upcoming topics, and I was really excited as well to talk about accountability because it is, in many cases, for a wider variety of concerns and problems that were asked to resolve. It's the root cause. So, so many items come back to accountability. And uh, I think there's, you know, I think there's still quite a bit to talk about here. You know, for me and what I coach our clients on accountability, it's empowering your team, right? So accountability isn't what some may, may believe is kind of like, old school management and um, you kind of that, um, 
you know, lead with force. In fact, a lot of employees, whether they they may know it or not, they actually value accountability because when it's done well, when it's done um, in the way that you described, which is not micromanaging, but outlining, you know, clear goals and expectations, then what you're doing is you're empowering your team to handle a huge amount of responsibility within, if done properly, within a safe space. And for employees, that that feels really good. And the reason that it feels good is because employees are then, they feel empowered uh, and responsible for the outcome, whether it's a positive outcome or it's a negative outcome. And just as we coach with our clients it's important to create that safe space to make mistakes, knowing that even when the greatest effort or the best intentions are there, um, there's going to be moments where like things just didn't go as planned. But I think if you continue to do just as you described, Maria, I love the concept of the master series. I think that's how you take the good away from what may otherwise feel like a mistake or a negative, a negative circumstance. And so I think how companies could deploy a similar experience within their organization is bringing the team together and asking a te- the team to share, you know, what was, you know, what was your biggest miss this last month? What was, you know, what was your biggest mistake? Share it openly and in a safe space. And then how about the team talk about or that individual now knowing what they know, what do they think could have been done differently? And it's not meant to shame or put them down, but rather provide them with the support and tools to feel equipped when, you know, when they go into similar circumstances in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it made me think of a time um, as an employee myself, um, where I missed a deadline and um, not due to my own fault or anything. And the first question is like, well, what happened? Um, Not and it's never a conversation of like, why didn't you do this? Or like pointing you, 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 it's, it's very general. What happened? Walk me through your process. Tell me what your mindset was so you have an understanding. And then my biggest thing is also empathy um, because you don't want to do the finger pointing of you, you, you. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what happened. What can you do differently? And then the, the employee themselves come to the realization of what they had responsibilities for. It was very clear. Um, I think, too, when you practice these, these items for, for accountability, it makes the conversations easier in the event the employee is not meeting those expectations and does need to be let go. Because like we talked in our last episode, it should never, ever be a surprise to somebody if they're just not making the cut of the job or meeting those expectations. Very true. And I find that the most common uh, most common topics that we're discussing with our clients in regards to accountability issues tend to fall into two categories. I find that one is more in the um, what I would call performance category, and those are like missing deadlines. 
And for that, um, the way that I, I approach it, that I find that it's very successful is nobody really responds well when you tell them you must do this or you have to do this by that date. Now, sometimes that's last resort, right? Like you've tried other tactics and it's just not working and maybe the, the importance or the severity of the deadline is just somehow not landing. But I like to flip it around because, again, that accountability to me equals empowerment. So my trick uh, to to get team members on board is I don't give them a deadline. I ask them, hey, Maria, we need to complete. We'll just say as an example, we need to complete a handbook um, for um, this client. And they've indicated that they need it within the next 30 days. is that a realistic deadline for you? Um, and if not, when can you do it, right? So I'm not saying you have to do this by this date, but instead I'm saying, give me your commitment. And then the employee feels empowered and accountable for the results. So that's one. Um, the other accountability issue that I, I kind of lump together is in the uh, like kind of personality and style category, right? So we see that pop up as well, where teams are having conflict and maybe there's really strong personalities, but what's happening? Nobody's holding these individuals accountable for their behaviors. So I think, again, the, the tactic is the same. It's one, clarifying what uh, the expectations are And then allowing that individual to assess how is their behavior or their personality in these moments of conflict aligned with those expectations. And then having that conversation with the team member of what can we do, right? Because it's not you. What can we do differently to obtain a different result going forward? So the underlying message is still there, right? Which is, hey, this behavior it's not going to work. It's not going to yield the results. So we need to do something different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen, um, you know, going back to the whole leadership team, the strong personalities, the the different, um, you know, styles, the way we communicate with each other. And, you know, if we're not holding our leadership or our counterparts accountable as coworkers, too, because accountability is just not top down, it's, it's across the board, um, that trickles into your staff. And so if that behavior is happening at the top, that will go down to your staff and then work's not getting done. You'll have upset customers, all whatever the, the issue may be, it'll just spiral down. And um, usually that's when we come in and get get called in of like, help us, HR, help us. And so we, we come in and help save the day. But what one of the biggest things, and um, Samar, I mentioned to this, this earlier, and again, our listens, listeners didn't get to hear it, but um, what I said to Summer was, you know, there is we can come in and coach you on how to have these conversations. But at the end of the day, you as the manager, you as the leader, you as the business owner must be the one to have that conversation and must set those expectations. Um, And when you don't, or you just put it under the rug or like, we'll just, it boils up. And then we get the, the conversation of like, we need to let this person go because they're not aligned with, our expectation or professionalism. And 
well, wh- what did you do the past <laughs> conversations? <laughs> it's definitely a big topic that we see quite often. And, and I think it was a wonderful, wonderful discussion um, for both segments of our show today. Uh, but unfortunately, Maria, all good things, uh, all fun things eventually come to an end. But it was really so great having you on the show this week. Uh, appreciate your insight and your expertise. Thank you again for joining and for our listeners. This concludes this week's episode of While We Were Working. And make sure that you tune in every Tuesday on LinkedIn Live. You'll catch fresh episodes and you can also take the show with you wherever you go um, on all of your favorite podcast uh, platforms. So I'm Summer. See you next week. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights, check out whilewewereworking.com.